0: Hello, welcome to ATM, Artist Talk Movies, a podcast interviewing creatives about films that have inspired and or influenced their personal studio work. I'm Hyde Fontenot and I'm here with co-host Aaron Stafford.
1: We're here to talk about contemporary art and the creative impulse with new guests each episode. We're having casual conversations.
0: We don't pretend to be authorities,
1: We're hoping to give you a window into the visionary process of MAKERS.
2: The most unremarkable of events.
0: Jerome Morrow, Navigator First Class, is about to embark on a one-year manned mission to Titan, 14th Moon of Saturn. A highly prestigious assignment, although for Jerome, Selection was virtually guaranteed at birth. He's blessed with all the gifts required for such an undertaking. A genetic quotient second to none. No, there is truly nothing remarkable about the progress of Jerome Morrow. Except that I am not Jerome Morrow. So, Hyde,
1: hello, how are you? Hello, Aaron.
0: We haven't recorded in, what, like six weeks, two months?
1: We took a little break there. Um, Yeah. Things got kind of crazy, and you've been traveling um, around Europe. Yeah,
0: I'm traveling. You're a European
1: traveler. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. So now we're finally back into the, the swing of things, and we. Yeah, left- let's
0: hope. Knock on wood.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. We um, we watched this movie <laughs> a while ago. We had this set up, right. And then things kept getting um, in the way, but we are finally back. And I know um, it's so funny because I remember you were talking about spending time with my parentals in Portugal. Yes. And kind of thinking about DNA. I was a very
0: grateful house guest.
1: (laughs) Well, and my parents absolutely loved having you. So I think that they kind of miss you a little bit. But um...
0: oh, that's excellent news.
1: Yeah. You know, you know that yeah.
0: thing about like house guest and fish that like
1: I know. You, yeah. You can
0: stay around too long and start to stink, but I stink when I get there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um, So, Juan is an artist, Juan Escapito, that we're going to be speaking with today, and we're both big fans of his work. I know him more through Instagram. Beautiful work. Did you get to meet him in San Antonio when you were there? I did, I did,
0: and actually the very first time I knew anything about Juan's work was uh, at Blue Star Contemporary, and I uh, happened into this group show, uh, and uh, was really just blown away and fascinated by the little worlds that he creates in this, in these sculptures with the Mm -hmm. architecture and references to housing and, uh, yeah. Environments and just like, it's really beautiful work. It's like, I, I feel like it's, I don't want to say it's a crowd pleaser and make it sound populist, but it's like, Uh it's very easy to like this work and to get, get into it, to be so curious about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think um, the same could be said for the movie that Juan chose, which is Gattaca um, from
2: yeah nineteen
1: ninety seven. Is that when? That yeah. Is? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, Gattaca uh, starring Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, and uh, Jude Law.
1: Jude Law. Um, oh my. Yeah.
0: Yeah. His yeah. <laughs> all these pretty people. <laughs> I um, know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you do you want to do uh, Juan's um, bio? I
1: do. I do. Let okay. me get it back here. So um, where the <laughs> fuck did it go? There it is. Okay, so Juan Escobedo is a queer, brown, Mexican-American from the border town of El Paso, Sunlight Park, um, and Juarez region. He is a 3D artist that works with cardboard, paper, and is invested in discussing power dynamics where social, economical status, race, and color of skin are used to establish social hierarchies and norms. Juan received an okay. MFA from Mass Arts in Boston and has exhibited at Galveston Arts Center and Contemporary Art Month in uh, 2022 and 2023. He has an upcoming uh, summer residency at um, Houston Center for Contemporary Craft that will yeah, um, yeah accumulate in a show of the residents over the last year, and a solo show at Palo Alto College in San Antonio, as well as a residency um, at the Consular Hall. Bethian, I'm doing my best folks in Berlin. Uh facilitated by contemporary at Blue Star in twenty twenty three. Uh welcome Juan.
3: Hi, thank you for having me. Hey Juan. Yeah. Your green room, it's very green.
1: Oh (laughs) I know. And and very
3: non (laughs) existent. I just like was I
0: was thinking green.
3: Uh-huh. uh-huh.
2: While I was mm-hmm. <laughs> oh
0: good, mm. good. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the Delhi I as out for you. And uh and all the MMs that I sorted <laughs> by uh, fuckability according oh to Tucker goodness.
3: Carlson. <laughs> that was so silly. Oh my goodness. That's so ridiculous.
0: <laughs> um so Juan crazy thing, I just wanna tell you that I'm actually in Berlin right now. I know. And I was just at I was just at the Kunstler House. Yes? for a film screening and i was sitting with joe harjo mm-hmm. who uh is in residence there now and was uh on a, a former episode of atm where we discussed the joke oh
3: nice that's
0: exciting and uh yeah mm-hmm. it's it's really kind of crazy um to see these worlds coming together
3: yeah absolutely I'm really excited like I know
0: Joe in San Antonio sorry Juan would you no no no.
3: I was gonna say it's uh pretty exciting and also I didn't even know that you were in Berlin what are you doing over there
2: (laughs) well (laughs) I'm
0: doing a residency as well I was um yeah, I was traveling in Spain and Portugal, and then I got word that I got accepted into this residency program, and so I was like, I'm gonna go do that. <laughs> so yeah, so that's
3: awesome. Congrats! Thank you. I kind of
0: had this notion that I would visit Berlin, but uh, it's it's a pretty fantastic place, and I heard that for years, and um, but now I know, it's a, it's it's got amazing energy.
3: Yeah, I'm oh, excited yeah. to go. You
1: can't go wrong with Berlin. Mm-hmm. Have yeah, you been before yeah. one, or would it be your first time to visit? Yeah, this
3: is my first time. Actually, this is my first time going first going time. to Europe in general. So I'm, it's.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah,
3: it's really nerve wracking, yes. but it'll be cool. Excellent.
1: Yeah. Well, let
0: me know if I can do any pre research for you.
3: Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I'll text you like, hey, yeah. take pictures. Where do I get in?
0: <laughs> How yeah. do I get into yeah. this? Yeah.
1: You know yeah. that you're gonna send them all the kinky sex club, like. Oh, well,
0: <laughs> you know what's funny. I haven't been to any sex clubs, <laughs> but I but I did go to the zoo, and I have a great video of these zebras in coitus. Oh, my goodness!
2: <laughs>
0: they they got they got wow. all horny in front of me, and I was like, you know, I was Hi. very encouraging.
1: Did you inspire them?
0: <laughs> did I what?
1: Did you inspire them? I, I don't
0: know. I don't know. They, but it happened right right as I walked up to their enclosure. I was like, what? Wait, what? And I got oh, my wow. phone. Wow, wow. <laughs> I got some zebra porn, y'all. <laughs> oh, God.
1: I can't believe we haven't seen this on Instagram. I'm so disappointed. Oh, yeah. I'll post yeah, later. I'll post share. later. Oh, good.
0: Yeah. Getting, in, <laughs> getting into the business. <laughs> so let's talk about this film y'all yes
1: <laughs> yeah so i wanted to ask you one um what is your history with gattaca when did you see it what's the deal
3: so gattaca is sort of like this first um not like it is the first movie that i think i sort of uh saw by myself i there was like there oh. was like this one summer that like the one and only summer like it was like maybe middle school or something that my mom got us cable because it was like a package deal or something and i was consuming uh-huh. disgusting amounts of tv and movies and stuff like that and so it was it was yeah. a summer i would stay up at night and because i had sort of like problems sleeping also and i just came across this movie and i sort of came across it now that i think about it in one of the scenes like not right at the beginning it was sort of like a scene when they're showing vincent or um what's his name ethan hawk as like a little kid and i remember that little kid because he was dennis the menace and i was like oh i know that oh i know that little kid like
2: yeah uh-huh. And
3: so then I was like, "What the fuck is this film?" And then it, it was just like really, <laughs> really beautiful because it had like that mm-hmm. super nice like sepia tone, right? And I think yeah. the the first interaction that he's cool. having with his brother is they're like at the beach and they're gonna like swim and he's gonna he's talking about like these competitions that he had with the brother, and so I just got hooked mm-hmm. from there. And so I was probably yeah, uh, I want to say maybe like thirteen. I I would say, since I saw it on TV, it probably, I don't know, like back then, it probably takes like a year for it to like come on cable or something. And so, so yeah. 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 And and I just like, it was like 1am, it was on, I watched it and then it just made me cry and I just like was in love with it because it was such a beautiful film.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it and it being on cable you probably saw it dozens of times, right? Yeah,
3: after that I was just like it was the because I didn't uh see it from the beginning, so I waited to the end credits to see the name of the movie because I didn't even know what the name was. So I was like Oh wow. So I was like in the middle of the night searching for a pencil and like paper and like wrote this word down which <laughs> oh, i didn't know what it was and i mean it's not it's just a made-up thing i guess g's and a's and t's are uh-huh. like uh the yeah. what makes up our dnas or their symbols that make up the the dna when they're yeah. like identified. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. and so yeah. and then yeah. from there
3: i just like looked it up and and was trying to like re-watch it again and I asked my mom to, like, get it at Blockbuster or Hollywood Video or something. Oh, yeah. oh wow.
2: Uh-huh. So, yeah, so that's how, yeah, like, yeah.
3: How I got... Yeah, that's how I, like, became attached to this movie, so...
0: And it's it's a very stylish film. I mean, oh, it, it yeah. kind of reads like a music video, almost, of that era. Yes.
3: I mean, the thing with it is that, like, I feel like every scene feels like a painting. It sort of reminds me of, like edward hopper paintings or there's this new Uh yeah yeah, there's this new artist that i found that i guess uh their artwork i don't know they've been making work forever but alex colville i i mean the person i think Uh is dead but (laughs) his work is also similar to hopper's it's like it sort of looks like it's made by i don't know like digital art but it's like, slightly pixelated. It's of, I mean, if you get a chance to look at it, oh. like, yeah, it reminds me of that, but the light sort of emulates the movie or vice versa, right? It's it's very, like, that mm. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And there's, like, a real lonely quality in both, like, oh, Edward Hopper's totally. work and Gattaca. Like, uh, I don't want to say it's... Depressing isn't the right... F- like term well, for like it but it's like yeah. there's a lot of solitude yeah yeah it's
3: very nostalgic yeah, and one thing that i noticed also in like a lot of the scenes they make the spaces look gigantic right and then they have like two figures so one of my favorite scenes is the one where Ethan Hawke is with Uma Thurman and they're talking about, like, the director being killed and they're just... I don't even know where the fuck they filmed this, but they're walking through this very (laughs) Uh weird landscape that's, like, concrete. And then they just, like, zoom out and it's panoramic and it just looks very big and sort of isolated and super minimal. Um, So,
0: yeah, yeah, like... I believe that's actually... I think that's actually, like... Part of a reservoir, reservoir system in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. so they're they're kind of filming it in what's kind of like a ditch or a dry waterway. Oh,
3: okay. But huh. it's,
0: yeah, yeah. Let
3: me see. And what? Um, and then
0: uh, oh, go ahead. Keep no, going. I was
3: going to say, what's sort of crazy about it now that like I think about it, I sometimes will. Like, on and off, you guys mentioned the clothes that I make, but I also make these weird collage videos of, like, this character that I made is called Houseman. And... <laughs>
1: I saw that. Yeah, and yeah, usually, wh- those are cool. usually
3: where I videotape is in, like empty riverbeds or like underneath bridges <laughs> and oh. i just barely realized that except like the bridges that i'm at are like all dirty and shit like there's like all the san antonio uh, waste okay. but yeah i was like oh i guess maybe uh, i was directly or subconsciously like trying to recreate that yeah but
0: wow yeah
2: there oh, that's so is- interesting
1: I mean, we can totally get into it uh, at some point, but like the uh, the sort of like blending of old and new in terms of the style, mm-hmm. I just like there are things that I picked up on um, watching it. This time around, um, as a more sophisticated viewer, <laughs> because I grew up with this movie too and I loved it, but I think I was just more hooked on like the romance, mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. and definitely had like a big hard on for Jude Law. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't not like be in love with that man. I
0: think everybody so is right. He's so yeah. Pretty.
1: Oh my right? goodness.
0: Yeah. Like regardless of your sexuality, it's just like he's well in AI. He plays, doesn't he play like a sex yeah. robot? Yeah, and the, like oh he's a s- like a prostitute right. cyborg kind of thing. And then in, yeah, because it's like who doesn't want to fuck Jude Law? <laughs>
3: exactly. And then in, in Talented <laughs> Mr. Ripley, he's also like incredibly fuckable, and oh, like yes.
2: men want right. to, men
3: and women want to fuck him. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah
3: I mean that uh, is that's a lot of
2: pressure. that is
3: one of the things that I kept like thinking about and I don't know well I'm, I mean I'll give you my initial take and then yesterday I saw this very like tender movie but um there is like a lot of like sort of like gay coding in this movie I feel like. Oh, okay. I, I understand uh-huh. that uh, Ethan Hawke has like the romance with Uma Thurman and they're very pretty together and stuff like that. But I feel like the real relationship uh-huh. is actually between like Vincent mm-hmm. and um, yeah. Jerome, right? Where they like are intimate yeah. in ways that are usually not considered yeah. like incredibly manly. But see, that's what where I sort of wanted to so before this i i actually watched this movie with sarah and megan and we were like oh my god they're so horny for each other blah 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 blah. right (laughs) (laughs) and then but yesterday i was i mean this is tmi but i was like a little hungover and i was feeling like sad and i was watching this movie called (laughs) called close and this movie I mean, I don't want to go oh. too into it, but it's about these two boys. It's a Danish movie, also very pretty. Um, these two boys that are like maybe preteens, like 12 or 11, and they're like best friends and they're almost like siblings and they're um, very sweet with each other. They like, I don't know, they like rub, not like rub up against each other, but you know what I mean? They're just like like little brothers.
0: It's, it's- called fratage. No.
3: <laughs> no it's actually like very innocent but when they get into school they're just affectionate. right they're affectionate that's the mm-hmm. word when they get into school they they start to <laughs> get bullied for it and then they pull away from each uh-huh. other and then one of them uh-huh. sort of commits suicide because of it but the, but the thing that the whole thing behind that movie what they were when i started looking into it was the idea of like how boys and men at a certain age like are pushed to be like manly right and maybe Mm -hmm. so now going back to Gattaca maybe it's not that they were into each other they wanted to fuck each other maybe it was just that they they had this connection that nobody else had right like yes uh Ethan Hawke wanted Uma Thurman but Uma Thurman didn't know what was going on she only knew like 10% right so whereas these two like mm-hmm. right, built a bond right. that mm-hmm. was yeah. emotional um, mm-hmm. so I want to think about it like and that they're
0: sharing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, yeah before
1: we get too ahead of ourselves can you give our listeners a brief summary of the movie
3: sure oh my god um, th- this is not going to be brief no I'm just kidding Um.
1: okay that's okay <laughs> <laughs> take your time so yeah. what
3: is Gattaca uh, Gattaca is a movie about um, a man that it's a sci- science fiction movie technically speaking uh, about a mm-hmm. uh-huh. a man that was born in a world where um, I guess children and humans are designed from the womb right Yeah. so whereas mm-hmm. uh people or humans that were born naturally or procreated naturally are seen as less than because usually they're born with defects. So um, Ethan Hawke is told from a very young age that he's not gonna amount to anything, but he feels uh, very deeply that he can, right? And he has always, since he was a child, been obsessed with space. And it comes to a point where um, He gets older. He's probably like a teenager and his dad is literally like, you're not going to become an astronaut. You can only probably work at a space station if you're cleaning the inside of it. And so he finally decides to sort of go leave his home because nobody has any kind of like, I don't know, Hope that he'll make, do anything, and he's trying to realize this. See, I'm telling you, this was not a brief summary. Um, and so, <laughs> and okay. so, basically, he's tr- we're here to talk. And, to and you, so, basically, yeah. he's uh-huh. trying. He's like fighting against these odds, and he he gets into this institution called Gattaca that has like the most uh, elite human beings that have been designed from birth, and he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maneuvering under the the this like what they call a borrowed ladder, right? So the, the idea that he's um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, on a daily basis sort of removing his skin or as much skin as he can and hair so that he is not detected by that future's technology and taking on somebody else's mm-hmm. DNA and sort of leaving it around so people identify him as Jerome. Oh, I'm still mm-hmm. yeah. not finished with the summary. No, I'm just kidding. I think that that's sort of like the base. <laughs> that's sort of like the basis of it. And totally. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Like he's
0: had, having to go undercover, uh, having to, um, change his identity by his, like the genetic drop. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But not
1: just his identity, uh, in, also his hype, I mean, in the movie, he oh, I don't right. know what kind of surgery that is. I mean that I mean I'm I didn't do any research as to like is that actually a thing to like yeah, you yeah. Is a thing. extend your That's legs. something
0: people have undergone. It's very painful. Yeah. It's like getting yeah. a knee replacement. But you can have your uh, your shins, I guess, uh, extended by oh. Yeah. But I think it takes like a year yeah. or something.
3: So From what I've read, it's, like, sometimes, like, uh, people that are, like, have dwarfism or are small or consider, like, Mm -hmm. little people, they basically insert these screws and every few, I want to say weeks or every few months, they, like, crack the bone. And so the bone will generate again. And so it... It, ex- oh, it uh-huh. extends to try to meet that crack and then they have to crack it again, again, again until you get to uh-huh. that height. Uh-huh. So it is a real thing. Yeah. I was sort of like Damn Yeah. When I was when I first watched That's it. That's
0: also how um like bodybuilders build like those enormous muscles this, oh that's like true you're, te- they break you're tearing it. your muscles yeah. every time you're working yeah. out yeah isn't that crazy that's
1: why so that's why working out is so painful yeah. is that what it yes. is because you're like breaking your body mm-hmm. in a small
0: i think so way. when you have that God. soreness yeah
1: yeah i believe it um yeah. Gosh, um, I don't even know where to get started. What, was there something that you wanted to start talking about, Juan? Anything that jumped out at you, um, maybe on this recent viewing? Or...
3: Um, I made some notes. So I talked about what they remind me of, right? So like these paintings, very stylized, and we can keep talking about mm-hmm. it. I did yeah. want to talk about like sure. that they technically, I don't know if you know about these, like the Bechdel test and the Duvernay test, like. These do,
1: I do. They don't
3: like this movie. Now, what's, what's, the, the,
1: what's the second the, one? The second one, yeah. The
3: Duvernay one is Duvernay. like, oh. so like the Bechtel test is like, what? I mean, it's not like identifying like a feminist movie. It's just like how it's showing how women, like what roles they take in movies, right? And often or historically yes. usually like that's not the case i don't know why i'm explaining it to you guys you know yeah. that but duvernay the Duverne test is like yeah, yeah, yeah. for uh-huh. uh pocs or people of color right so uh, and then yeah. in this uh-huh. movie you have like ah. people of color but they're usually in the background or like very very like side characters so right yeah yeah
1: right. i mean i i think that i noticed that too um and i was thinking about the okay so like this the the science that this is based off of, which is manipulating the DNA of like, a, like the fertilized egg, right. I guess, and so yeah. this. Well, I think at the time this movie came out, that was still like sort of futuristic, but that's something that scientists can do. Like that's in the here and now. Like we have that capability, which is so crazy, right? Which is crazy. Uh, that,
0: are you talking about CRISPR?
1: What's CRISPR? I don't know if that... Is Ooh, that what I sorry. am talking about? What does that
0: mean? Um, well, it's a way to digitally... Uh, not digitally. Genetically uh, alter genetically. a, a uh-huh. fetus. Oh, so yeah. And, uh, oh. So I actually... Have a, I'll, I can read this bit. It's just yeah. uh, a segment of DNA containing short repetitions of base sequences involved in the dense... Uh, or sorry, in the defense mechanisms of... Oh, God. Pro... <laughs> carotic organisms to viruses okay. and they've used this technology uh-huh. to like edit and alter DNA in, in So fetuses. it's like or not maybe yeah. Embryos rather uh-huh.
2: than
3: fetuses. so. It's like like yeah. something that has already been done or it's like still and
0: in- yeah They're currently working oh, with it. Shit. I guess right. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's legal or mm. or where it's being done, mm-hmm. but um, I it- yeah. there's
1: a lot of like ethical questions about this technology because like in the movie, what what really s- struck me is that when Ethan Hawk's parents are like, you know, we're gonna have another baby, but like this time let's do it right. Mm. Um, and then they <laughs> go see their like local geneticist yeah. or whatever. And yeah. um, in well. in the movie, they requested certain like characteristics and they said, like, maybe like uh what did they, they were, I know they requested like
3: like uh, hazel maybe
1: brown hair right. hazel eyes and, and then fair skin right. and i was like are y'all insane? Like, fair skin sucks. (laughs) Like, you are, like, always, like, having to get your skin checked for cancer. And I'm like, fair skin is the worst, honestly. Right, Uh, As somebody who has pretty light skin. uh, But, you know, what it suddenly (laughs) reminded me of is that this technology that we had, that we probably will have available, if not more accessible in the near future, is going to be expensive and because it will be expensive, Uh, that means that mostly white people are going to have access to this, which is super icky and raises a whole lot of (laughs) alarm bells of like, uh, oh, you know, like maybe this is not. Well, Republicans are
0: already trying to farm and make sure that there are enough like workers versus ruling class, like the way that they're doing away with Roe v. Wade and, um,
1: Okay. Okay. This is crazy. On the wiki page for Gattaca, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. it says that Rand Paul used near verbatim portions of Gattaca in a speech. Uh. Okay. Get that. This is so wild because he said that um, abortion, and I'm quoting here, abortion rights advocates ...are advancing eugenics in a manner similar in the events in Gattaca. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, wait.
0: So he's he's looking at Gattaca as a cautionary tale?
1: He is, Or is he like, looking at
0: it as he's aspiring to the, using their methods?
1: I think he's, war, he, he's using it as a, as a caution. Um, okay. Because huh. somehow abortion has become, to him, the same as eugenics... And it's like that's not the same. Oh, yeah, no.
0: yeah but, that's one of those oh, sideways arguments. They're not oh, totally. yeah, they're not being truthful. It's propaganda. Yeah. Yeah,
1: but I was like, wow, I can't believe he actually used this movie in a speech in two thousand thirteen. It's like, are people even gonna I, know what yeah. I don't know? Mm.
0: I saw a conservative politician on the campaign trail, and one of the she was speaking to a black audience and she was Maybe this was in Montana, although it seems that the, you couldn't have a black audience in Montana, yeah. but, but um, maybe it's in Nebraska, maybe Nebraska. Anyway, she's saying, you know, like abortion is like, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, taking babies away from your community. And, mm-hmm. and so she was trying to sell people on the anti-abortion idea as if it was hurting the black community instead of like, can we just right. decide for ourselves what we need? Yeah.
1: Well, and, so, you know, yeah. I know this, oh. this is like current event stuff, but I know recently a Texas woman was killed by her partner for having an abortion yes. in Colorado. Oh, wow. So like, right. what the fuck? Like, are they really saving lives? I don't know. I don't think so, but anyway, I mean. Yeah, they're
0: not pro-life. You're not pro-life no. when you're murdering your partner. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so.
1: Anyway, all that yeah. is
0: very interesting, but I wanted to ask you guys: Did you fucking realize that Maya Rudolph is in this <laughs> oh movie? Oh my what? god!
1: Oh my god! Yes, she is. I um, saw, I saw her too.
0: name in the in credits, and I was like, "Wait, yeah. what?" So I went back, and I saw. She's one of the delivery room nurses when Ethan Hawke is born, and she like I think she calls out his weight or something like that. But Uh I was like, there's there's only like a dozen actors listed in the credits, and I was like, is it because she had a a line (laughs) just talking about you know like um, what was what was the test you talked about with people? Oh,
3: Duvernay, I think.
0: Representative DuVernay yeah. yeah because I, I went back and I looked and it was like Maya Rudolph and an Asian actress uh-huh. that were right. delivery room nurses and I was like I guess that was they were trying but they just couldn't have a person of color as a main character not at
1: all not <laughs> but, at but
0: but like it yeah tertiary character sure it
1: certainly didn't pass the Bechdel test um, no and with two female characters uh-huh. of significance or that have you know, meaningful lines of dialogue. And right. not with each other, certainly not. We can't have two yeah. women speaking with each other.
0: Yeah, know. right.
1: Scandalous. Um well and do
0: we know anything about Uma Thurman's character? No. Like we Ooh. really don't get into the interior of her life very All much. All we
3: know is that like she has a her
1: She's got a wicked house. Like oh my God. wherever she's <laughs> living. Holy shit. Shit. Like I don't want that house. It's like <laughs> Off to the, uh, you know, like, the the bedroom, the boudoir is, like, completely, uh, you know, windows, all windows, and then it's, oh, like, Oh, right, it's ocean. on the sea.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm like, wow. She lives anyway. in an aquarium. <laughs> and she's got a great, like, whatever car she's driving is really cool, too. But, yeah, you don't really, yeah. what else do you remember, Juan, about? I mean,
0: I
3: just remember everybody's a fucking dick to her. Like the fucking directors, like, we're gonna help these people, and she's like, but my position, and they're like, you just need a helper, or like when she's running, and she's like, they're all like, it's okay, Irene, you can get off. Like they're just sort of like annoyed by her, (laughs) by her like minimal heart Uh. condition that can only take her to the moon. Like boohoo, like. Or, like, she's not the (laughs) elite. She's so inferior. Right.
1: Yeah. But I guess was she genetically... Okay, so, like, one question that I was thinking about was, so, you know, the parents have decided to alter their DNA to make these, like, perfect, you know, offspring. Mm -hmm. But, so was Uma Thurman... Tampered with, or was she just like naturally <laughs> that informed? used to mean
0: something entirely different. Yeah, I know. I
3: think I, <laughs> I, I
1: couldn't tell.
3: I think I, I tell. think she was hiding she, an
0: imperfection,
3: right? Yeah. I think what happens, or the way that they're like talking about it, it's like, well, what you were talking about it er, talking about it earlier, like it it takes money or a certain amount of money, right? And mm-hmm. I think, like, sometimes they don't get what they ask for. Like, the doctor or that physician that keeps, like, admiring uh, um, Vincent's dick, and he's like, that's a nice piece of tool or whatever. Like, I wish I had... Right? So, like, I feel like maybe Uma Thurman, it, it just didn't it you know didn't, didn't deliver on what was promised.
0: Her, her parents yeah. used to Groupon <laughs> <laughs>
3: when
2: they... When,
1: Well, and one thing that kind of struck me was the director of Gattaca, who at one point, because he, you know, there's his murder that happened at Gattaca, which kind of unfolds basically to, like, almost reveal um, Ethan Hawke's, like, situation and the the fact that he's using uh, somebody else's identity. Um, Yeah. But... So he mentions, he's like, you can do a DNA test and there's, you'll find, like, there's no violent bone in my oh, body. Oh, that's right. Or something like that. But then he, and the spoiler, he ends up to be the murderer. So, like, what is, like. Wait, are, are did he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's the one that, that killed the director of whatever, you know, that in the beginning the guy that died okay. because he
3: was trying to okay. he's trying to stop like the trip to titan or something like that uh-huh. so i think yeah so, yeah and this is one of the things that the doctor initially talks to vincent's parents about where he's like well we can take away um like diabetes and any signs of obesity and mm-hmm. also like give him like a character that's more mild or something like that and that's mm-hmm. that's one of the things too when I remember in the scene where the cops come in and raid that, like, really beautiful bar where they're all dancing.
2: Oh, and
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. They come out from the back, and then Vincent starts to punch one of the detectives that's trying to stop him. And what's-her-face, like, what's-her-face? No, Irene. <laughs> Irene, like, freaks the Uma <laughs>
0: <winner>.
3: <laughs> she like freaks out. She freaks out, and I remember being like, yeah. "Why does she freak out?" But like to them, violence is like incredibly uh, uncommon. Yeah. Like it's uh, something that can be, um, yeah, like pull, like taken away from your DNA. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah.
1: Ah, yeah.
0: Like, like neutered. Passion.
3: Right. Exactly. I hadn't
1: even... Yeah. So it's like they're still. You know it's not a perfect system like there's still flaws like you know heaven forbid uh, within this like genetic modification Um, Mm
3: -hmm. because what's his face Vincent was supposed to like die at age 30 you know what I mean like that was his expect right and so uh, yeah it's like definitely not a perfect system so
0: oh no they do a test when When he's a newborn and they discover that he's dying at 30, right?
1: God, can you imagine having that, you know, information, you know, since you were born, like when you were going to die? Yikes. Um, I was going to say that uh, Jude Law, um, even though like he was considered to be this like, you know, cream of the crop in terms of like physical and mental strength. Um, the whole time he's sort of like plagued with this reality that he won second place, poor thing, in like some <laughs> yeah. swimming competition. Right. And so he's like constantly like <laughs> hating on himself. And then it sort of revealed that he tried to kill himself, which is why he ended up in the wheelchair, thus sort of allowing his identity to be used by somebody else. But, uh-huh. you know, it's like even though so they they, I I really love this moment Um, and I feel like this really struck me more as an adult than as a child when I first saw this movie a child I was a teenager but um, yeah they talk about the burden of perfection oh yeah Um, and Uh I was like oh man like that is heavy on a lot of people and of course Jude Law really suffers from that because he wasn't perfect Um,
3: even though he was designed to Uh
1: cope yeah.
0: Yes, like even just being devastated at second place. Yeah. He saw that as a failure.
1: Yeah, which is insane to think about, but it's like I guess when you have everything going for you, yeah, like what is that what does that say when you don't achieve your potential? You know, it's like Anyway, like, it, it really kind of, like, points out... I think this mo- this movie really pokes at all of these holes in this idea of, like, trying to make a perfect, like, person, you know? Or trying to, to make a perfect, like, right. society. It's like, but look at all these things that are going to happen, that, that are going to go wrong.
3: Right. Because um, there's, like, too many factors that so, are coming into play, right? So, like, I, I always think it's funny uh-huh. that... that uh, Jude Law is always like you want to like you want to be in there like why and he's like well no I don't want to be there Mm -hmm. I want to be in space so Mm -hmm.
2: like
3: Mm -hmm. it it, because you could have everything right but if you don't want or have the the need or the passion to get to that place then it doesn't mean anything
1: yeah and that's something that I don't think they can modify in in dna like i don't know if there's a gene for like resilience or passion or you know drive that kind of like yeah it's like what's that look like in science and i don't i'm not a science y'all but a scientist (laughs) but i i don't i've not (laughs) heard of like a gene
3: wait you're not a scientist (laughs) I,
1: I am not a scientist. I, I came under the
3: impression you were.
1: <laughs> Gosh, I barely passed, like, my science classes. I mean, it was pretty, pretty sad. There's something about science to me that, like, it just seemed to, like, I couldn't touch it. Like, I couldn't hold it mm-hmm. in a way that I can kind of, like, like art can be tangible right. in a way. And I, it, I remember reading my first, I was such a dork in college. I remember reading my first art history textbook and i was like oh my god like this is this is this makes so much sense right. like it's just there you know right. um, for <laughs> science i was like what is this like i can't see an atom like i don't know i can see a die anyway no i so, know no, i'm not a scientist <laughs> so, yeah
0: well i'm disappointed but, uh, that you're that's not that's funny because i <laughs> know <laughs> <sorry. laughs> yeah Whoopsie. all this time i thought you were a scientist
1: i am Yes. Uh, But no,
0: I mean, that's funny, Erin, because that reminds me of like how we all have relationships to certain subjects mm -hmm. and that like, I don't think you don't get science because like you Mm -hmm. grew crystals in your work. You've used science in your work. I mean, you use technology in your work, but I think it's like it it could be some early experience that you have, say in school mm -hmm. or with a teacher and you're just like, yeah don't get it. I feel that way about technology. I use technology every day. but if you ask me, I'm like, oh, I'm a complete Luddite. I don't understand anything. I don't know how to do anything, but I use it every day. You
1: know? I will I will say this when I was watching this and I it sort of became obvious. It's so obvious now, but this the stairwell or the uh, mm-hmm. the the what is it called the curving staircase, of course, is yeah. an obvious reference to like the double helix oh, yeah, for sure and i was right. like oh it's right there
0: <laughs> so for anyone that hasn't seen this yet yeah yeah that aaron's referring to a curving staircase in jude law's apartment yeah. and he um he's paralyzed from the waist down and at one point to keep the lie going he has to uh, hoist himself mm. up the stairs in a hurry for mm. like a kind of a home inspection thing that's happening, uh, but uh, yeah. So it's a curving staircase. What sort?
1: Yeah, and it's it's pretty cool looking. It is cool. I mean, like just visually beautiful. Yeah. And I was gonna say it's like yeah.
3: pretty symbolic also that like the upstairs is sort of like the place that is presentable and that you uh-huh. like receive people, right. and then underneath is where like they do the like the immoral thing of becoming like a degenerate writer that they have to like uh-huh. trade identities. oh so right he, so it's sort of interesting yeah. in that way um
1: yeah it's such a smart movie i really i feel like i picked up on a lot a few more things as an adult watching it i can't mm-hmm. i don't know why i hadn't seen it in so long it's been like you know like probably 15 years since i've
3: seen this movie yeah same one thing but, one, uh, one thing i noticed was well i don't know like was this a popular movie i don't feel like people talk about this movie a lot I don't know. but then like i i I think, so. I think like when i saw that movie with megan and then like uh sarah we had like a movie night and um they were like, "Oh yeah, Gattaca," and I was like, "Oh cool, like you guys know about this movie because I just I don't know I guess I mm. I was feeling all special I was like nobody knows about this underground
0: movie <laughs> <laughs> your well, secret have, movie
1: yeah I mean it does have like three A-list like actors in mm, it true, but true. yeah who's heard of Gattaca yeah that's true. I don't. I mean, I don't remember. I think I was introduced to the the music first, and then the movie. Because mm. my parents uh-huh. were big Michael Nyman fans, and okay. he does the score. And he did. I remember he did the score for The Piano. Oh yeah. And I would steal uh-huh. my parents' CD um, always because I love that soundtrack. Oh yeah. And so. But, hey, um, I do
0: have some box office information for you all through Wikipedia. Yeah. That okay. uh, just to let you know that when Gattaca opened, it opened uh, uh, the weekend it opened. It opened at number five oh. in the oh, box okay. office, and That's and that it was. Uh, it, but um, uh-huh. in in its entire theatrical run, uh, it, it it was it it took thirty six million to produce this film. Mm and they only got 12.5 million million. So, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, in that way it was a yeah, okay. a failure, but the
1: the director, which I had never really looked into. Do y'all know who the director is? No.
0: I saw his name, but I did, didn't ring a bell.
1: He did. So, this was his so Andrew Andrew Nicolai? Nicol Yeah. Nicol um so this was yeah. his debut film, feature film, which is like okay. amazing. Um, but then after uh-huh. this, right after he directed the Truman Show,
2: oh, which okay. is oh.
1: like a completely different okay. movie, but also I'm wondering if, if, like, there's, you know, the Truman Show really predicted the future, pretty um, yeah,
3: like reality TV, pretty, um,
1: on point, yeah, reality TV, social media, you know, and like this phenomenon that like our universe is circling around us and like. We're the center of it all. And, and and then, like, this movie also kind of not... This movie obviously, like, doesn't predict the future in, like, space travel. Like, I don't think we're anywhere close to visiting Titan anytime soon. Again, I could totally be wrong <laughs> about that. But, um, yeah. like, I think we're still going to the moon, you know? We're like, yeah, we're going to the moon. You're like, yeah, let's go to the moon, y'all, again. Um, but it definitely predicted, you know, the, the technology of um genetic you know
3: manipulation
1: manipulation Mm -hmm. yeah so it's like it's freaky that these two movies did that and i don't know what else he's directed but i was like the truman show that's crazy
3: what's his name anyway
1: uh andrew nickel n-i-c-c-o-l
3: i I need to look him up yeah that's interesting that i didn't know that he did the truman show at all and that's a that's actually i mean i like that movie a lot like that's a very pretty movie. Me
1: too. It's like,
3: and also, it's, yeah, like, visually very beautiful. One thing, that I,
2: uh-huh. one thing that I
3: noticed about this movie also is... Because now that you're talking about, like, box office stuff and whatever, I looked up, like, the other movies that were, like, popular during that time. And it was, like, The Fifth Element mm. and Anaconda, Scream mm-hmm. 2 and a- oh, Alien yeah. Resurrection. And one thing that I keep thinking about with this movie is how, like, the men are portrayed as... Beautiful, visually, all of them, Mm -hmm. and also, like, incredibly sensitive, Uh right? Whereas, like, Mm -hmm. in these other movies, Uh all these other, like, men are usually, like, they're handsome, but they're, like, the saviors, you know what I mean? Like, they're saving women, or Mm -hmm. they're saving the world, or whatever the case may be. And in this movie, like, these men are just sort of trying to like, find themselves, or, like, mm-hmm. save themselves, or whatever, ah, which I thought was...
0: They're allowed existential crisis. Right, exactly, mm-hmm. which
3: I thought was sort of sweet, and also, I mean, I know it's not gay to have emotions, but, like, mm-hmm. for, like, that time, 19,
1: <laughs> for 1997,
3: like, I felt like,
2: mm-hmm. now yeah. that I
3: think about it, I was like, maybe this is why I was so, like, attracted to this movie, because, like, these men were...
2: You know, oh, as a gay
3: little queer yeah. kid, when you're like just seeing yeah. like yeah. these hyper macho men like saving the world, and then you have this movie yeah. of
0: yeah. Yeah. these
3: guys just being like, "What the fuck do I do?" And I just I'm trying to be happy, and I was
0: like, "Yeah, That's yeah." You know what? That that really rings true for me too because um I my ex. Used to always kind of laugh at me because if I ever met anybody that was sensitive, I was like, "Oh yeah, they're queer." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "It's only because you grew up with barbarians. That you oh. think that oh. Anyone that is, shows you the kind, like the oh. smallest bit right. of kindness, is gay." But but to this day, the thing that I find most attractive in a man is kindness.
3: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Be- like, yeah. sensitive yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know this is, like, totally, like, off the topic, but I texted Sarah because I, my my tire was flat or whatever. And I went to um, uh-huh. Discount Tire, and all of the men there were, like, these sort of, like, hot, hot <laughs> like, beefy, uh-huh. like, sensitive boys that were very respectful, which is – and they're young. And this is one thing that I keep telling Sarah that, like – like, young millennials and sort of, like, these Gen Z boys, even though they're, like, hetero, they're heterosexual, huh. they're, like, very, like, sweet, uh-huh. you know? And, like, I just crush on them right uh-huh. away because, like, that's not what we yeah. grew up with. Like, it was always, like, you hey, figured, yeah. like, blah, 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 and you're just, like, Jesus Christ, right. like, anyways. But yeah. then you still have...
0: Because they're not complete assholes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've set the bar so low. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. Oh my like,
1: goodness. I do love a good Discount Tire, I will not lie. Uh, I, I mean, I don't go I anywhere have, else, so. I don't either. And you know what? I always get the This insurance. program paid for by a Discount <laughs>
0: Tire.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true.
0: You get sensitive men. They go get you a boyfriend down at the Discount
3: Tire. Sensitive men and sensible yes. prices.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you about, so you're, you kind of developed a style around the material of cardboard, which I think is so like, um, so smart. And like, even though it, you, you kind of mentioned in some statements that I read that you kind of got some backlash against, um, you know, the material in academia. Um, I'm just curious, uh, like what were your professors or what were other students telling you? Like, what were they saying about
2: um, this
1: material that you've chosen to work with? Well, the
3: thing is that the the it was like um, I don't know. I I could be I'm I could be too sensitive, but and I I later like put it all together. But they were just like very simple questions, or I don't know how to explain this. No, I do. But let me
0: was it about uh, was it about the material being archival It
3: was about the material being archival it was also just about like the material being brown and that they were like mm-hmm. because I was also oh. in a painting department you know painting is all about transformation you're oh, you're, ta- God, you're taking you're taking a pigment and then you're turning it into something else although not always right so if yeah. you're thinking about like abstract expressionism like paint is paint and blah 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 so The thing that really sort of bothered me was, yes, they sort of latched on to the idea that it was an archival, but that they just kept pushing, like, transform it somehow, transform it. Why does it have to be this brown paper? Why can't it be, like, a colorful paper? Why can't it be Mm -hmm. white paper, right? And at the same time, I was sort of finding, like, these parallels between... What was happening to that and then to me right so i'm from el paso Mm -hmm. ciudad juarez sunland park area very brown uh like community sunland park which is where Uh we like i was born in el paso but sunland park is where i grew up which is technically in new mexico but it's like 15 minutes away from el paso and all hispanic people working class and lower and so I go to Boston and it's just an incredibly white space, right? And it's also like an incredibly uh-huh. academic space. And so people kept saying or asking me things like, where did you learn Spanish so well? The Where did you learn English so well? And where did like... Uh-huh. Um, they kept like assuming that I was from Mexico, which obviously there's nothing wrong with being from Mexico. But I grew I grew right. up with... I mean, I'm second generation. My mom... Uh, came here illegally and then she uh, uh-huh. acquired a citizenship but uh-huh. my mom would always be like you guys are americans and she sort of instilled this pride in us about like you can do whatever the fuck you want because like and like forgive uh-huh. this word but she would call herself a wetback which is like a horrible like word yeah but she would say like if this wetback yeah. can do it like you as an american can can be something and so when i go to boston and then not one or two or three people like several people are just like this is juan he's an international student this is juan he's mexican Mm. and so Uh not being Uh recognized by people that are my what's the word patriots compatriots you know what i mean like that sort of Mm
2: -hmm. made me Um. feel
3: uncomfortable and so that's where the material comes from like the idea of me using this material because it was the only thing that I could sort of afford to use, right? I, I, the and pump. I also wanted yeah. to pay, push away from painting. It's really
0: effective. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I get like that it's a humble material. And that's something that really drew me to it as well. Like, uh, that it's a repurposed, it's something that would like likely be discarded. Right. But it's what you do with it is magical. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just making that up in the moment. Like, really, the first time I saw your work, it took my breath away.
3: Oh, thank you. No, and I mean, technically, I do have, like, a connection with the cardboard because, and I've sort of mentioned this, but it's only recently that I sort of remembered there. So, my family is from Chihuahua, which is, like, a northern state in, in Mexico, and they immigrated from central chihuahua to like the north which is ciudad juarez it's still chihuahua it's a very big state it's like fucking texas it's like gigantic right um so in the i want to say like 70s 60s um the government was giving away pieces of land in like the outskirts of um of the city and the way for you to claim that uh, piece of land was to build a home and so a lot of these people they didn't uh-huh. have money so what they would do is they would make homes out of cardboard and uh-huh. i remember i remember specifically like visiting my aunt who was almost like a grandmother she was my grandmother's sister yeah. on a weekly basis and yeah i remember like, the day that I realized that her house was made out of cardboard, and this was in the 90s. So, like, there was people still living in cardboard homes when I was young. And so I think... Yeah. I subconsciously understood that cardboard could be used for more than just, like, these logical things, putting things away and, like, throwing it away when you're not Uh using it anymore. And so I think in grad Uh school, there was a... like a lack of, how do I say this? Like code switching people over there can't Uh even fathom that somebody lives in a cardboard home. Right. And so they, they Mm -hmm. weren't able to ask the correct question. Right. And to be fair, I didn't know back Uh then either. Like, why are you using cardboard? And I would just be like, well, cardboard is cool. Like it, it it, it stands on its own. It's durable. Like I can paint on it or I can make a sculpture out Mm -hmm. of it, but they were just like, this is not art. And then later I was like, well, it's brown and I'm fucking brown. And so anyways, so
2: I <laughs> I started seeing like a lot of
3: parallels between the cardboard and myself. And I'm still hopefully like trying to pull yeah. out those parallels or like discovering them through the work.
0: So well stated.
1: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, from my own experience um, in, an, in an MFA program where there's all of a sudden you, the, the hierarchies become revealed and like material uh-huh. is one of them. And when I was in school, you definitely had like, you know, you were encouraged to buy like the most, like the premium right. paint, oh my God.
2: and
3: yes. like the best uh-huh. material.
1: And I remember even just <laughs> um, wanting to explore something more sculptural and something more lowbrow. And I, I actually got so much backlash that um, I was threatened that they were going to remove, like they weren't going to let me graduate. Oh, and was wow. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. And so it's, it's so frustrating that even though like an MFA program should be like the epicenter right. of like innovation and um, uh-huh. expression. It's that still we,
0: academia. It's, it's still like an institution that is stodgy. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's like, we can't, uh-huh. encourage our you know the students um to use obviously like we have the potential to make anything out of art like there are no rules with when it comes except uh-huh. for like maybe drugs or something like you probably <laughs> shouldn't be making work out of drugs because then that's you'll probably get arrested <laughs> maybe but you know like most of the materials like why like cardboard just seems so natural to me at this point that you would be drawn to it but yeah uh-huh. it's just it's so frustrating that you know it's like if you're going to sort of compare, like, Gattaca to an MFA program and then there are these, like, oh, it's either <laughs> Oh, a, for sure. This is how I see MFA programs, ah. you know, like, you're an, you're a valid or you're, you're an invalid yeah. and... Right. It's, sure. it's so... I mean, I can go all day long. All according
0: without... to them and then we give them mm-hmm. power. Yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. Totally. It's like totally. gatekeeping.
3: I yeah. mean, in, in both, like, uh-huh. situations, uh-huh. there's, like, yeah. a lot of gatekeeping that's happening in order for, like these customs or these norms to perpetuate i mean i have like this weird theory that i mean academic like especially art right because anything can be art so like Uh art programs are always Mm -hmm. insecure about like the Uh need to be validated through like i don't know the state Uh or whatever to get funding and then so they Uh instill these Mm -hmm. these rules that really don't fucking matter like they're not real mm-hmm. uh-huh. right
0: but
1: yeah absolutely. right they
0: provide external validation and they also yeah. seek external validation For sure. and i mean mm-hmm. that's
3: i had a mm-hmm. i had a conversation recently with a, an artist here about and she's like very successful i mean i luckily here in san antonio i think like the city recognizes artists for their potential, for what they can do and not so much like their degree. And so she was like, like I'm thinking about doing an MFA, but I don't want to like get in debt. And I was like, dude, yeah. you don't fucking need an MFA. Like, yes, mm-hmm. like it's a piece of paper, but at the end of the day it's just like that. And whatever like mm-hmm. you're learning in an MFA, you can do it on your own. So um and I mean, like this is coming from somebody that yeah. I didn't know what to do, so I just got into, like, a shit ton of debt, and I'm still in debt right now, right? And if yeah. if I had to yeah. do it again, I, I probably... Well, part of me is, like, I would, because then I wouldn't have, like, discovered the work that I'm making, which I love, right? But yeah. but also, like, right. it's sort of like... And I don't want to say bullshit, right? People stay in school,
0: but... Yeah. Um, well, academia is a pyramid scheme. I, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, there's no mistake about it, but it's also, uh, it's it's what's expected in the industry right. is that you get these, these stamps of approval mm-hmm. and it is really hard to move forward without like uh, kind of paying your debts or getting in debt, right. <laughs> literally. Mm-hmm. Totally.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, you do kind of jump the line You know, an MFA doesn't make you an artist. No. Not at all. But Uh certain people will consider you if Uh you have an MFA. For sure. Uh I
2: mean, one
3: thing, this is what I would, and then we'll, like, continue talking about Gattaca. But one thing that I told Mm -hmm. my friend was, like, I think undergrad is really good about teaching you technical skills. And then, like, graduate school is really good about like conceptualizing what it is that you make, but we should be learning that in undergrad. So then the, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. the
3: kids that can't afford to get a, an MFA can just get that knowledge My... at, a, at that level. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we should also be teaching these students how to be a professional artist, right? And how to work on wow. making money in one way or yeah. another like, with their art rather than them being like, okay, like, like me, right. I graduated from an undergrad, a BFA, and then I went to work at a dry cleaning place. I mean, it was,
1: yeah. I was like, ah. Uh, yeah, that is a heartbreaking yeah. story. And honestly, it happens way too often that people, you know. They oh, I mean, s- it
0: happens to everyone. <laughs>
1: That's true. But the problem, like, you know, yeah. you, usually with, like, you know, a career outside of, like, maybe the humanities, you have a lot of potential right. to earn the money back, you know, that it costs you to get that degree. But yeah, it's like, right. what do you, you, and I remember asking one of my graduate professors, because I was kind of um, on the fence and sometimes still on the fence about teaching, even though I've been doing it for like 15 yeah. years. And I'm like, what else is out there?
0: Any, any day now. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: And I asked him, I said, um, you know, what are the other options with an MFA? And he said, you just need to find, a job that will pay you a lot of money for not a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, but like, what does that look like? Like what kind of career, like, do we have to go to get another degree to go do that, to, to be an artist? And (laughs) it's just, we just need like a better system. Like I talk to my students a lot about how we need like a UBI so that artists can just like exist and not have to like worry about, you know, UBI,
0: you know, universal income? Uh, basic
1: income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it basic kind of like income. levels yeah. the playing field, you know, and yeah. it's yeah. like we don't have to have that burden of, right. because uh, it, it, yeah. it's one of those things where, like, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this one, but, and and also, Hyde, you know, when you work experimentally with a material like cardboard, you might turn off collectors because oh, they might sure. be like, well, what's the, you know our no, yeah, I mean your sustainability
0: But then again look at the banana tape to the wall Oh my god the, uh, I know China, Mauricio uh, Catalan, uh, Maurizio yeah. Catalan yeah
1: Yeah I I do love that There piece, are though. ways <laughs> I've heard
0: this from archivists actually they're just like if it's if it's valuable enough uh-huh. you'll find a way to preserve it mm. Like it doesn't matter what it's made of But
1: the banana has to keep being replaced every yeah. 3 days like that's just the piece. Yeah. So, well, I
3: think, you know. right. Well, I think with that, in that case, it's about, I mean, I don't want to use this word, but it's sort of like pedigree, right? Like that the artist has made uh, work yeah. that has sold work before. And so, one of the things, I mean, uh-huh. I tar- I teach the art appreciation yeah. class at Palo Alto and at Tamusa. Uh, and yeah. one of the things that we talk about is about uh, what is beauty and, and what's aesthetics, right? And so, mm-hmm. uh, aesthetics. Uh, Like we talk about the idea of like value and what value people attach to objects, so it could be economic, it could be cultural, it could be historic, and you can have one object and three different people value it in different ways, right? And so I think that that's what's happening uh-huh. with that fucking banana, right? So th- mm. these these artist collectors probably, I don't know that guy's name, but he's probably sold work before. He uh-huh. has a name. And so he, yeah, he, he, he can back that up. So it's sort of like that artwork is real estate versus like, yeah. let's say one of my shoes. Well, not a lot of people know what I can do. Like, yes, I'm... Um, showing in San Antonio and in Texas, but it's not the same as like this guy that's making them millions of dollars, right? So that's Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. this value comes from. And I mean, the art world and academia is like incredibly, I mean, uh, like right now when you're talking about um, what we're talking about, MFAs, the idea of, Mm -hmm. I feel, this is again, a theory, I don't know. But I think mm-hmm. that the reason why like the programs are organized in a way that provides or creates sort of these like I don't want to say deficient students, but students that are lacking in information, is because mm-hmm. art was usually yeah. something that was pursued by white, incredibly privileged people, right? I mean, white, right. yeah, incredibly right. privileged be- men or craftsmen, yes, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and so. Yeah. The idea that, like, okay, I'm going to get this this degree and then, like, graduate. Well, they have, like, backing from their family that can be, yeah. like, well, you can get into this gallery right. or you don't have to worry about, like, making right. money. And so that's great, right? And if you can fucking do that, that's awesome. Right. But now that this field is becoming more diverse or hopefully it's um, trying to, uh-huh. be like, that's where, uh-huh. like, the brown, black... Um, like, more poor students aren't doing well. I mean, and that's where
2: mm-hmm.
3: I sort of, like, saw myself. And sort of, like, the, I guess, like, the connection also to the movie. I know that we deviate
0: and we're now going
3: into, like, race eh. and socioeconomics, but...
0: <laughs> it the, it's, a, it's a springboard. The yeah. film is always a springboard okay. to just what we need to talk about. So, no apologies. Okay, <laughs> awesome. But, yeah, like, I feel like that's where
3: I sort of see that connection right like the idea that well you're supposed to do this thing and so you just need to fucking accept what you are because you're not going to go beyond it and then yeah like sort of defying these uh-huh. expectations
0: i guess yeah yeah and and you know within the art world information is not shared freely mm-hmm. because there's competition mm-hmm. there's insider kind of uh wheelings and dealings and so yeah they are going to keep that information as as to themselves for sure yeah
1: you know? yeah i mean just having like certain connections you know to certain people it's like automatically the doors open pretty widely you yeah know, it's like things get a lot easier if you know uh-huh. you know or this person can validate you you know and
0: yeah and it's, it's brokering power too yeah. it's like people aren't like willing to help an unfortunate they're like Uh can this person get me what i need in this moment Mm -hmm. it's like everybody's kind of looking to help themselves (laughs) basically that's where i even like have some caution and this is i i approach the subject with a great amount of trepidation (laughs) is that even the way that uh black and brown artists are getting exposure now and will this be sustaining will this Um, Mm. will this go on or is it like fashion in the moment and is it giving curatorial teams like uh, sort of validation that they're on the right side of history right now rather than does it does it uh, is it is it more important that things appear that they're progressive or that they're actually progressive so i mean i feel like a Mm. yeah minority artists to some degree are being used by institutions
3: yeah i mean i i think that that's definitely Something that's happening. Uh, what is that Instagram page that like? Uh, wow. Oh, change yeah, the change museum. museum. They talk a lot about that. Is that the like, one? Where, like, mm-hmm. in like like museums sort of like build this facade where they're like showing like black and brown artists and being like, yes, we're progressive, but uh-huh. like in the in like the behind the scenes, like hierarchy mm-hmm. and like racism is still rampant. So I feel like there's definitely that going on right like it's like a sure Uh, oh yeah 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 uh, Yeah. yeah.
1: you know i think there's you know i think we have to kind of um like things have to get really like the problems have to be solved solved on a really broad like political Mm -hmm. level before they can get to the arts sometimes like I think that we <laughs> need to have equality. It's true. Like, or maybe the
0: arts could take a leadership role in this. Uh, you know, nobody's going to listen to us. Like,
1: no, but we're taping bananas. But banana- no, no, I'm Hi. talking about like we're, modeling
0: behavior. I know, but
1: we have. I mean, we have artists that are taping bananas to the wall. T- like people are not going to listen <laughs> to us. Like, and we yeah, like it. No, we like that. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: I'm talking about, though, is that you know, like as culture producers, that we take a leading role mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. how things change yep. and accountability and like tr- mm-hmm. like truly um, cultivating communities that where underrepresented people are getting a voice. Mm-hmm and like you know like i don't really think washington's going to get it together and then mm. it's going to trickle down to right. us this is like trickle down Reagan ethics
1: yeah. and i
0: don't and i don't th- it didn't work with economics yeah. it's not going to work with you're ethics right. so um well no i was going to say i think you're right and
3: i think like so one of the things and actually i've sort of talked about this in another interview where like concerns of me being like am i going to be sort of like this token artist, right? Like this mm. token brown artist. Uh-huh. And to be fair, in some occasions I have been and I and I am, right? So there's one of two one of two <laughs> things that can happen. The first thing is I could l- sort of like back mm-hmm. off and be like I'm not going to do this, or the second thing I can be like, uh-huh. well, I can present myself and sort of mm-hmm. like bite the bullet i guess you would say and then these other brown and black kids sort of see me or see themselves in in me and visibility right and so then they now have the or feel the authority to be like Mm -hmm. if he can fucking do it so i can do it too so i think right right right, right i think that that's
1: so true i think it
3: is like yes brown and black folk Uh, art being taken advantage by these art institutions but I also feel like it can be a really Mm -hmm. great opportunity for like young artists to view themselves in us because I mean when I was a kid I didn't see any fucking brown artists you know what I mean they're like the people that were Mm -hmm. Uh it was like Frida Kahlo and like Frida Kahlo is like I don't know like German and Jewish descent you know what I mean she was like (laughs) Uh, you you know what I mean like Diego Rivera these like yeah yeah, I do
2: so yeah
3: so um that's the way that I sort of (laughs) see it and hopefully it starts to just become unknown. yes sorry
1: that is so true because um my (laughs) my origin story of being an artist really was (laughs) like I saw I mean it's so dumb looking back at it but uh, my dad saw that I, I painted a flower
2: uh-huh.
1: uh, kind of up close. <laughs> and I know. And so um, this was in high school and he took me to see the um, Georgie O'Keeffe retrospective at the DMA. Right. And suddenly uh-huh. I was like, she paints flowers and I painted a flower. And like it kind of, I could uh-huh. see it. Like I could see that there was a connection between an uh-huh. artist that was similar. And it wasn't these, uh-huh. Like before, I mean, my art had education, which I, I grew up with a lot of art, but it was very much like white male European. Right. And suddenly, this woman was making these paintings, and it just yeah. like that changed me. You know, I mean, it really that yeah. it's just true that it it does. You know, so I I'm about, I I absolutely think that that's the case, in and you know, these kind of cases where, you know, maybe the institutions are taking advantage, but you know. It's, you know...
0: Well, it's just like... You you just want to know a little deeper. Like, what are their motives? Yeah. What's the follow-through? Are you... Is it Black History Month? Is Mm. that what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Is that why you're asking me to do this? Mm -hmm. Or do, do you have... In, in your plan, like, uh, you know, an effort to, to really work, work with artists of color. I
1: will tell you, and I always look for this when I go into any museum or any institution that has a permanent collection, the permanent collection uh-huh. will tell you what they value. Oh, sure. It's so obvious. You're uh-huh. like, okay, what's yeah. on display, like, what's the thing that you see first? You know how right. are how how are these objects yeah. being presented they will tell you what they yeah. think is important um if you look for it you know so right mm-hmm. right
0: right right well you know i have a friend uh, that's an artist uh of color and she's told me that when she's invited to do projects uh, and she's not quite sure about the institution. She'll say, "Can I see a picture of your board of directors? Yeah. Oh, if, I don't, yes. if I don't see any black mm-hmm. or brown people wow. on that board, yeah. like I, I'm going to suggest to you, like maybe you should make some changes there yeah. before you ask yes. artists to participate." That's
1: fantastic! Uh-huh. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, yeah.
1: You know what's funny, going back to Gattaca, is that it didn't seem whatever this sort of futuristic you know vision of humanity mm-hmm. there wasn't any art like oh, i didn't yeah. see any oh right like, art on the so world. much
0: bare yeah
1: it was very minimal. stark yeah. very concrete kind of brutalist kind of uh style but i wondered yeah. like if we were to go to this extent where we're and by the way i don't know if y'all took a look at the gattaca trivia on imbd
2: mm. Um, but the
1: first thing it mentions is so wild that there was a marketing campaign when the movie was released that Uh called on parents to, to have this done, like genetically altering their chip. Yeah. And like people were calling a lot to get this like going. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy. But it's like in this scenario, um, which may be mm-hmm. our very near future, because I can totally see parents doing this. Like, of course, they're going to want the best for their child, and if uh-huh. you know, and if this is the thing they have to do, they're going
0: <laughs> to do. And I it. have to Frankenstein out <laughs> of you. <laughs> you <know>? I will. <laughs>
1: what if my two parents go and they're like, "I'm sorry, there's just no possible like <laughs> your DNA is so or like terrible. people or.
0: Or you, are you, you're looking at this like perfect human specimen, oh. and then you you meet the parents, and you're like, oh. the, "Wait, you oh, made I this know. child? How did you make this child? You two from? Yeah."
1: <laughs> but it, but if we were to get into this, and it's it's you know becomes like the norm, is that going to make any good art? Is that you know because artists usually operate on the ah. outside, on the fringes, Great. and I just it's like it's uh-huh. hard to imagine like interesting art happening in this it you know right and futuristic i futuristic vision i
3: also think like in the movie i think like the movie and like these new types of humans uh like non-emotion is sort of like aspirational and because like art is mostly often like attached to like emotion i guess yeah. that's why there's a lack of it and there's they, mm-hmm. they focus on, like, their cars and what they wear and music because it's, like, logical, right? Like, music is mm-hmm. attached to mathematics and shit like yeah. that. But mm-hmm. Maybe that's what mm-hmm. it is.
0: Right. It's a very prescribed set of the things that you value right. mm-hmm. or the things that, like you said, aspire to. Um, mm. Yeah. And, and art is, like, dealing with, say, uh, some of the disappointments of life or... And if you start engineering all of that out of it, then you take all the edge out of life. Yeah. I mean, I don't. It, it's kind of a weird, like almost like Midas touch, <laughs> uh, like 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 you wish for this thing to be perfect or or to be valuable, mm-hmm. and then like there's a there's a you've ma- you've made a deal with the devil, yeah. and there's going to be something on the back end of this. It's where like perhaps you destroy a lot of the pleasures of life. Or like maybe you know what what we all struggle with right now is actually like the most important thing about being alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: being mm-hmm. emotional. Although I would I would yeah. uh, give up everything to look
0: like Uma Thurman in that movie. I'm not gonna. Oh my god, <laughs> she is
2: so gorgeous. Um,
0: isn't she pretty? She... That's really funny that you say that because you know we did an episode of he- uh, Hedwig and the Angry uh-huh. Inch. And she gave up a lot oh, to, sure. uh, to go to the West.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so Juan, when you say you're going to give up everything, <laughs> I just hope, hope you know what, I hope you read the fine print. No, uh-huh. I think
3: I'm just being facetious, but yeah, no, like for sure. Like what you <laughs> said is totally true, I think.
1: Um, I was going to ask you, Juan, what are your plans for your summer residency in Houston? Do you have anything that you been thinking about for that um, that
3: residency yes center Uh, of craft center of craft Mm -hmm. so I'm still working on the the J-esque clothing line right so oh yeah so I'm totally I'm trying to I so I'll tell you what I'm making and then maybe I can talk about why I'm making it but so I'm gonna make 20 Uh handbags that are made out of like clear plastic so Um, and then inside you'll I'm recreating each plot of land from the like the street that I grew up in and originally what I was thinking is that I sort of wanted to align them like in a cul-de-sac and then people could just walk around them or something like that but um, Uh that's gonna change a little bit they're gonna be be up against the wall but they're sort of like these um, what's the word like terrariums right so you could see through the handbag yeah. yeah and and look into Uh, almost like a bio right a bio right exactly Uh. and so i'm working on that and then the goal is to make three outfits who knows if it'll happen but i'm trying i'm trying to make like a morning day and evening outfit so what i'm going to experiment with is actual well this is color right we're working with white and brown but it's like color people don't want to deal with but i'm going to work with like prismatic Uh colors and i'll try to recreate like so like the day outfit will have like blue tones and greens and stuff like and so what i'm i'm still going to recreate these little homes the brown and white homes and i'm hoping that through my treatment the way that i make them like the style that the like the socioeconomic or like the the shabbiness of the brown Homes will come through, and like the whiteness of the white homes will come through, uh-huh. and we'll see. Uh, but for sure, those handbags—twenty yeah. of them—that's the goal.
2: Wow.
0: And,
3: and
0: what is the length of that? The length of that rose? It's three
3: months. So I think I can do it. Yeah.
1: You oh, can okay. do that. Yeah. yeah, because
3: I have like a template. Okay. I know how to. I already have like one handbag. I'm like, yes, I can do it. Um, and the clothes, once yeah. I get them started, it'll, it'll, it'll just. It'll just work out, work itself out. I'm hoping.
1: <laughs> well, Juan, thank you so much for being on our podcast, and yeah, I love talking about Gadka. I love looking at your work. I can't wait to see more. So yeah,
3: thank you for having me. This was so much fun, and I'm glad that we did this. It would yeah. Me too. I've been
0: looking forward to this all yeah. month. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know. Me too. I know. I've been thinking about this movie a lot.
0: And just to FYI, Juan, as soon as we stop recording, mm-hmm. you're going to think of all these things I you know. oh, yeah. for the next for the next month. I, yeah. Because that always happens. I know. That. I mean, I'm already looking but,
3: at my yeah. notes. I wanted to talk about oh, no. Gore Vidal. And it's fine. You'll get. Uh... Oh, I know. I know. Oh, that's yeah.
1: That's right. I, I totally forgot mm-hmm. that he was in this movie. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah,
3: But so it's okay. Crazy. I'll send you yeah. the 10 page summary
0: in. You know. <laughs>
1: we'll make sure it's in yeah. the show notes. You know, <laughs> yeah,
2: so
0: we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll put page. it in the archive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, when we finally turn ATM into the feature film. No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <that'll be laughs>
1: one day. Okay. We'll, All right. Well, we'll talk so so soon. long, gang. Bye, hi Bye, yeah. bye. bye. Talk
0: soon. Bye bye.